That's fine. Hey, hey, we should do an intro. No, we shouldn't. How will they know we're the theater boys? They'll just know, okay? Hey, everybody. Guess who it is? We're back again. <laughs> you ever work on a project all night and then forget to save it? And then several hours before you turn it in, realize you got to rewrite the whole thing? Because we just did that. We just did that. We just recorded the entire review. Uh, well, not recorded because it, it cut out five minutes in. Uh, Unironically, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to the script to this movie as well. Cut out ten minutes in? Well, no, they just they wrote it and then deleted it and then realized they had to turn it in soon. So they uh, mm. they just threw it all down on paper and hoped it was good enough. And let me tell you, it was not. It was not. But it was fun. It was entertaining for me. Uh, in, in summary thought, uh, just to give it out of the way, everyone, don't go see it in theaters. Wait until it's out on streaming. Watch it then. This is not a in-theater type of movie that you want to watch. Movie is not worth like the 10 or $11 that a movie ticket is at this point. $13. It is absolutely not worth $13. Whew. Yeah. Yep. So just for you guys to have a heads up, and know what everything is, uh, you know, b before we get too far deep. So if you don't want to listen to the best of it, you usually hear that. Yeah, um, so Ant-Man and Qu Quantumania. Quantumania? Yeah, yeah Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Ant-Man Ant and the Wasp Ant Quantumania. Yep. Ant-Man and friends. Ant-Man and family. Family minus the Coronas. Ant-Family, not, not so quantum. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Don't go see it in theaters. Don't go see it in theaters. Uh... Now, why not to go see it in theaters? The characters are why. What characters? <laughs> you you don't have a lot of character development in your aunt family. Scott and Cassie don't have a lot going on. They try and really have these emotional moments. And they don't really have any payoff for them at all. Like, they kind of start something, but don't really get enough underway to have these emotional moments pay off for them at the end. And it just, at least for me, left me thinking like, oh... I don't really think they resolve have have a resolution to their issues or have like a, a resolve to what their starting initial problem was with each other. So it kind of left me feeling, oh, we didn't really have any progress here. Well, I almost felt like there wasn't a problem. Like they just kind of were like, here's a father and daughter that get along fairly well. She. They don't really establish, like, how old she is. So is she, like, in college age bracket now or high school? It's just kind of like... Yeah. She's gone to jail. Okay, so that's, like, not usually a thing that happens to, like, freshmen, hopefully. So, like, is she... Like, are they at the point in one's parent-child relationship where she's kind of going off on her own? Or is he just a terrible dad? So that, that's kind of like a, a big reason I thought like your characters didn't really mesh well. And then really the Ant-Man franchise doesn't really mesh well at all with Kang's personality, no. oh, with God, Kang's no. type of Nazism. Uh, I, which mean, is not, I mean, it's, it was more like like a just, just Imperial, I am the king, you are my subjects. I will yeah. build you a massive, sprawling city where there wasn't one before and you will like it kind of person. 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely had some Imperial-esque vibes to him. Oh, it's Kang the Conqueror. It's kind yeah. of his thing. Yeah, so it, to me, he, it just doesn't... Kang, uh, Kang and Ant-Man aren't a good matchup, because Kang is a lot more serious, Ant-Man's more jovial, lighthearted, and I don't think it the tones between the two characters just didn't really meet well overall. Their universes, I should say. Not the, the character interactions per se of both of them, but just their overall universe that they've created for Ant-Man doesn't work with the quantum realm that Kang has subjugated. Well, you, you said it before, too. Like they, they have one really good scene together with the prisons. Yeah. And then you, you have this, this gravity and the power of Kang in his world over Ant-Man and all of his, his family. Yeah. But then that that's it. It just kind of is like, oh, okay. And then you find out that he really wasn't that strong, but it wasn't like a don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain strong. It's just they wrote him into being not as strong as they made him seem Yeah. without any reasoning for it. There wasn't, we found the chink in his armor, we know how to defeat him. It was just, we fight him and we more. win. Yeah, we just fight we him, fight him more. more. It's just like, oh. Hit the, hit the hammer again and again and we win. Yeah, I mean, like, why, like, how did the people not, like, like Ant-Man didn't really do much other than smash a few things and take a bunch of bullets, and then they what won. What bullets? Energy beams, I don't what know. What energy beams? <laughs> the things that bounce off of him because of the plot armor. Because of the plot armor, guys. The plot demands it. Plasma hits him, and literally there are no marks, there is no battle damage. He is fine. He is perfect. And you know what ends up doing him in? A kick, a kick to, to the, the face. face. A so... kick to the face from someone who we are to assume is of normal human strength, though having claimed to kill Thor. Yeah. Which is just like... Ridiculous. Again, and I... Utterly I, ridiculous. I have zero problem with suspension of disbelief for movies and trying to work within the rules that you set, but it's like the whole... If you have one character die from a wound and give it to another, and then that character's fine. Situation. Mm. Um, it was just like, oh, what, like, what kind of thing hurts Kane versus what hurts Ant Man? Because Paul Rudd's character is just a dude under the suit, and it's a soft suit. It's not an Iron Man suit. And he's getting hit by things that are blowing up spaceships, so yeah. that can't feel good. Yeah, there's a lot of things that just scream uh, nonsense. We want flashy images on screen and trailer yeah. shots. Yeah, and again, it's like a fun movie. Like, it's just a, a, a funner movie, which is what Ant-Man is supposed to be. But... I mean, it's just like a movie. You can't like, really... If it's free and it's a Friday night and you have nothing yeah. better to do, you can throw it on and you yeah. eat your pizza, scroll the Reddits, and, like, you can miss a few things and you won't miss that much. Yeah. Highlight, though, is definitely Jonathan Major's performance as Kang. It's just beautiful. Really, yeah. Really intimidating. Um, and he's just a, a well... He's just a phenomenal actor. I wish they just gave him more uh, substance to work with. There's well, a lot of things that they could have done with the story and, and his character, and they just decided to, like, not do. And I, I felt like he really had something special with this version of Kang. I know there's a lot of others that they'll probably delve into later, but this version felt very special in the, in the way that they kind of like well, you have this, wrote him to be. You had this really good performance between him and Janet, the mm -hmm. grandmother. Um, and as far as like she and him crash landed around in the same place in the quantum realm, and they tried to get his ship working together. And honestly, that part of the story 
Though Janet's useless, not useless, the only use Janet served in the entire story was to be an exposition dump, which was just frustrating. Uh, and it wasn't even like little bits at a time, it was just straight scenes of her staring off into space, cutting back and forth the flashbacks. Yeah, there was a lot of tell in the show. Yeah. Um, and that being said, the, the whole sequence with her and Jonathan Majors was really good. Mm. And I kind of wanted that movie more than the movie we got. I know that's kind of like my thing is I always want the movie in the movie, but like that to me had more character development and like relationships and bonds broken and made between characters than the entire rest of this movie. Um, and I think like in our rehearsal run for this, you had said that this suffered from the same problem that Wakanda forever did, which was you have one actor or in Wakanda's forever case actress just putting in a hundred and ten percent and then the script and everyone else is just like showing up like pulling their pants up oh yeah it's we're supposed a, to be here it's a Monday morning yeah it's like, oh shoot we're supposed to be doing something right now or oh man I gotta turn this paper in soon uh, how many more of these am I signed up to do alright yeah let's get this one over with yeah. like that's what it that's what it felt like from I mean not that like Paul Rudd didn't play Scott like he's always played Scott so I really think on this case it's, it's the, more the writers like yeah. how they wrote Scott to interact with Kang and the rest of the people. I just felt did like, he, he didn't. The the only time he really interacted with Kang was that prison sequence. The prison sequence and the fight at the end. Both I thought I thought the hand to hand fight at the end was and dope. the the prison sequence were good, but like yeah, that's it. Yeah, they don't really see each other in a talking sense up until then. No, which I think is a real shame because I feel like Kang feels more intellectual in how he's going about his problem. He's like, I need to do this because these variants need to be put down. And I am the one to put down my variants. Yeah. Like, that is the that is the purpose and function of which I serve. And everyone else is like, not cool, bro, but why? Like, they really, on. I mean, he gives a pretty... So that, that's, that was the Every, whole thing. He, he says worse things are coming than me, and if you don't have me, they will burn your world to the ground. Well, that that was the thing I almost didn't understand from Janet's perspective of like when he explained his whole, and like we know understand the whole variant thing from the Loki situation, but like the other Kangs are messing around devastatingly with the timeline, and in his words, are like going to end everything. Yeah. Right? Like, he, he's like, they're going to destroy everything. And the Kang we see... I mean, one, he's just... Let's, let's just say he's like an elite soldier type, right? Mm-hmm. He gets banished here. He does nothing but want to rebuild his ship. And he works with Janet to do it. Once he gets his full power back, he wants to take Janet home. He wants nothing to do with the Quantum Realm. He wants to leave it. And then he wants to go keep fighting his fight against the other versions of himself, which are going to be the next kind of, like, Thanos-level threat for the Marvel Universe. So let's face it, they're the baddies. Thanos be Thanos. It's so a good fight. really, Janet just kind of, like, says, but you have to kill people to win this war. And, and I don't want to be in... Heroes don't kill people. Yeah. Apparently. Heroes apparently don't ever make hard choices. And, like, when you're dealing with something as abstract as the entire multiverse and the timelines and you're trying to recreate... Or, like... It's not like... 
like a single person where you're like setting a bone and it's gonna hurt really bad. Like if you set a bone in the multiverse, it's going to destroy people's existences, right? Like it's just it's this abstraction that we've created to be the MacGuffin of these movies and like acting like messing around with it in any way can be done cleanly is just silly to me. Yeah. And then I think Janet's reaction to that is just kind of even worse because now Kang conquers the quantum realm just as a means to the en- as to an end to escape the quantum realm. Like he conquers it, he mines it for resources and people, establishes this government to build these massive ships so that he can eventually leave with an army. But it's to eventually leave with an army. He has no care. He seems to have zero care for actually controlling anyone there. He just yeah. quashes the people who get in his way. And it's like, if Jen, if you just let him leave, the quantum realm would be fine. <laughs> your family would be fine. He specifically said, I won't mess with your timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very interesting. So I think Janet's the real villain in the movie. Yeah, I think it just comes down to uh, Janet didn't want to take responsibility for... Uh... And, and didn't want to be friends with Nazis. Um, well, I mean, also, too, like, she... She came back to the rest of the world and was like, hey, there's, like, a Thanos down there that we might want to be worried about, and I made him mad on an individual level. He might seek vengeance against our family. Let's not poke around in the quantum realm anymore, guys. And then, and then like, she just doesn't want to talk about it. And I'd be like, hey... So, there's this thing down there, and he wants me dead. Let's not ever open that door ever again as a family. Sound good? Good. Great. Or if we do, we can burn it all. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't because there's other people down there. (laughs) It's just... It's Avengers War. It's Iron Man sending the nuke through the portal and just killing all the Shatari, and only it's him sending a nuke through the portal, nuking the quantum realm. That's it. That's all we need to do, guys. We didn't need to do. We could send. We didn't even need to send a signal. We just send bombs. Just send bombs. Just send bombs. Just open the door. Just throw in a couple napalms. You know what this is? This is the first fifteen minutes of episode two of The Last of Us. Bomb. God. Bomb it. That's a better story than bomb this. It. Just bomb it all. We don't need to know anything else. Those lives will be sacrificed in honor of killing Kang. They'll be happy about. I want it. to go home to be with my family. <sighs> anyway. We'll stop talking about things that are better than this because that is a Paddington very long two. Talk. Paddington. I'm not on Paddington two yet. But Paddington, talk about that at the end. Mm, at the end, mm, mm. Um, I mean, this movie had like it, was, it wasn't it wasn't like a uh, just like I didn't want to be there out of the sake of like I'm in a theater, it's dark, I'm not really drawn into this movie. It's keeping my attention. It honestly kept my attention better than Wakanda did, but it didn't entertain me as much as Wakanda did. Oh, I didn't find Wakanda very entertaining. I didn't find it very entertaining either, but I was actively looking at my watch during that movie. Uh, this one I actually was just like, oh, what's happening? Flashy lights all over the screen. Ooh, is that a flying jellyfish? That's a sun with tentacles. A lot of tentacles the, in this movie. The ADD movie. Yeah, I think that's honestly what this is. It was just appealing to my ADD on like a subliminal <laughs> level. It's like every scene is something completely and totally off the wall. Like the, the, yeah. They do the quantum run really well, and I think it's like a super unique um, like universe, if you can call it that, where it's just like you kind of got well, it was kind of unique, and then they turned it into Tatooine and Coruscant smashed together. But um, yeah. like it, like the things in it, the some of the alien force and stuff are like kind of really cool. 
Uh, they did rip off a lot. It felt like yeah. the spaceships in this were very Starcraft. Starcraft. If Protoss. you've ever played, uh, yeah, the Protoss, the toilet bowl thing. I forget the name of it. Uh, Tempest. Tempest and the aircraft carrier for the Protoss were like just actively in this. Yeah, we were like geeking out in the theater because we were like, oh my god, that's that, like that are these. That's these. I mean, I guess they already had like the toilet bowl design, kind of with uh, the what is it. That ship from Thor, uh, Thor, three, the Ragnarok. Ragnarok. You know that toilety bull, like the fancy guy ship. Oh yeah, but it didn't have the whole energy thing in the middle. Yeah, I mean this that that was the thing that did it for me. You can have your your half moon ships, but the second you put a giant energy thing in the middle of it, it's like you're borrowing. Like these ones, these ones were flying in the opposite direction that the Protoss ones were, where like the energy bull was at the back, but it's like. Dude, like, you're not even attempting to try something new at this point. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the aircraft carrier one, which was just, like, literally just, what's his name's ship? Uh, Bill Murray's ship. Yeah. Which he was in this movie for ten minutes. And then died. Or did he? I do Doesn't matter. He was in the movie for ten minutes. Yeah. In a scene that didn't matter. I don't remember anything from that scene other than the, like... Betrayal. That's all that happened. Betrayal, Yeah. We are no longer friends anymore. Yeah. It's like okay, well then, this didn't move the plot along at all. Yeah, it just it just put them in the same spot they were already in. Only now we have a ship. Yeah. Which they probably could have just stolen from anyone. Yep. But who but am I? They stole it from Bill Murray. That's all that matters. After they killed him with the octopus that he was about to drink. Mm. It's um, a shame he never got to drink that octopus. Oh, he drank one octopus. Yeah, but not the other one. Yeah, God, I can't. After the boys, I just. Oh, <laughs> that's the entire time during that scene. I'm like, you can't, you can't act like you're the boys in this movie. It's not, it's not the same. No. But the, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. They had the entire rebellion, which just seemed like it was there because the plot, the plot didn't demanded, really, but it didn't really demand they didn't, it. They didn't do anything. They just existed. Yeah, they just existed. You could have told everyone. You could have. Expositionally told that there was a rebellion on the planet, and it would have made no difference to the plot. And then you just meet them up in the end of the prison and break out all together. Yeah, you could have just said, "Oh, we we keep our uh, dissidents in prisons," and then we'd be like, "Oh, dissidents in prisons, excellent. That's all we need to know." Yeah. So that's it. Pull the lever, Kronk. All free. free. Dissidents. Everyone's free. You also, get free. Yeah. You get free. It's or... Oprah free. <laughs> Look under your seats and you'll find the keys to your jail cell. Let's go. Yeah, I just it yeah. it just like can can we pitch Oprah but live at a prison? <laughs> it's a woman's prison. I don't. I look under your jail cells. It's ten more years. <laughs> I just I I can't I can't like again this movie just feels like they wrote it they deleted it on accident and they had to rewrite it in including making sure they hit all of their political check marks check boxes yeah, down the line annoying. first first five minutes of the movie is the daughter getting taken out of jail after protesting them closing down a homeless camp at midnight in San Francisco what else is new uh, and her using prim particles against the police with zero repercussions. Yeah, she should have probably, like, gotten war crime, because that's probably more dangerous than a nuke, realistically. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, like, the, the analogy is, like, it would be like if Tony Stark's daughter wore an Iron Man suit to deal with the bullies at their, their high school. It's like you, you pointed a thing that's used to destroy tanks at a child. Like, that's that's not okay. Yeah. And, like, the fact that she's just kind of wandering around with this stuff that can, like, shrink and grow things is, like, what if you used it and it, like, took out a building? I don't know. What if you literally shrunk a kid and then left him like that? Lost him. Like, this is how petty you could be as a, as a teenage girl. Well, okay, we don't know if she's a teenager or not. She's just... She's just... I mean, probably a teenager? It's assumed... But, like, it's, like, again, though, because because we don't establish our characters in this film, we don't know anything about them and their current existence in this world, so they just kind of, like... Yeah, is Scott just an author now? Does he work anywhere? Like, I don't... At, is he, like, he was fired from Baskin-Robbins, but was he fired from Baskin-Robbins? I mean, like, he doesn't need to on? work as Baskin-Robbins anymore. He just wrote a book, and he's an Avenger. We've yeah, also haven't established... But, if but like, Avengers don't paid. get paid... They don't get paid. Right, we he established wrote that. a book, and he's yeah. he's making all that sweet, sweet paper to make that paper. I don't know what to tell you. I guess we need to buy that book, then. Is it an actual book? Yeah, it's an actual book. You can buy it on Amazon. Oh, my God. I wonder if he actually wrote it. I don't think he did. It... <laughs> you can actually... Yeah, oh. you can purchase the book. They'll probably make more money from the book sales than they will from the tickets. I'm, like, sales. morbidly curious at this point. I mean, I was morbidly curious about going to this movie, so I'm not going to go uh, watch it. I, I saw 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I was like, ooh, I'm either going to really like this or really hate it. And now I'm just like, well, no, not really. I'm not either either way. This is my fault. I was telling Sean we haven't reviewed a movie that we uh, didn't like in a while. And, uh, well... Here we are, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, like I think... Shocker. This is, this is like one of those things where it's like, they, there were so many points where they, they had a whole bunch of extra characters the whole way through the movie. The grandparents... Didn't yeah. need to be in it. Hope was only ever in the movie to save Scott. Um, and if I said this before, I apologize. I'm trying to remember what we said in the rehearsal <laughs> versus what we actually said. Like, every time Scott's about to fail, Hope shows up. And I get that they're a team, but the whole time they're not working together as a team, it's like Scott off on his own, doing whatever, and then Hope just shows up to help. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're not a team, they're just there and then she's just there because they wrote him into a corner like the whole scene with the prim prim grenade or whatever and it freezes against the thing it's like oh so it failed and then she shows up and then both of them together fire a whole bunch at it it's like well why couldn't he just fire a whole bunch at it it wasn't that he ran out or something it was just that the first one didn't work and then he fell and then she flew in and then because the plot demanded it all the possibilities went away and then they there's only one possibility yeah only one possible future but like I don't I don't know like there's it just... one perfect possible future but I have not seen it yet yeah I mean they, they get that. It's, I think this movie needed to just cut away all the rest of the characters make it a father daughter film yeah and then we get a much better movie and then and then the gravity between him and Kang Kang keep wanting to say Kong okay 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 I just had a revelation yep have these characters but in the style of Logan fits perfectly with Kang's like Ooh. overall theme they're on the run they need to survive and Kang is hunting them yes then the Modoc thing kind of makes more sense makes he's in- incredibly more scary wow Marvel I just fixed your movie thank you thank you Thank you, thank you. Yeah, because like, that, that was the other problem. Is like you have this. We, you were talking. You mentioned it in our rehearsal. It was yeah. like we had this massive 
world that we just don't explore, don't give any cool shots of, besides from, like, a few little here and there, and then, like, it kind of just feels cheap, because it's just another planet the Avengers are fighting on. And because you don't get any growth on the journey, you're just left that the characters are the same from where they started, and I, I wish the plot moved along that the characters from where they started in their father-daughter relationship is different from how it ended. And I just didn't feel like anything got resolved from if any issues that they had. Yeah, man. So it just felt me leaving like... That would have been Oh, they're the same. Which is not... I don't think that's how you want to be left at the end of a movie is saying, oh, your characters are the same now. No, you shouldn't. There's no point to the movie then. They've gone through these experiences together... They, they were supposed to have problems, probably, and now they are still have these problems. I would have loved if, again, we had discussed this before, but the daughter is messing around with the Prim stuff mm. because she doesn't feel special. Her dad's an Avenger. Her grandfather's this crazy yeah. scientist. Her, it, her like, stepmother figure is this head of a massive corporation. She's got all these giants to look up to, and she's just, like, a high school girl. Who they decided to make a super genius because, like, again, the plot demands. But if in your Logan situation, the entire time Scott's trying to protect her and, like, acting like she can't do anything. But, like, she's, like, old enough now to help and, like, that whole dynamic. Though I probably would have complained that it's a trope done over and over again a thousand times. Still, it's a solid trope. It's like like Ellie and Joel. That's what I'm getting at. It's, it's like, the the actual character development. Rogu and Mando. Yeah, it is the it is the plot of the protector, the protected, and then the the yeah. protected becoming the equal. Yeah. And and I um, I think that would be really really good. Yeah. And also would have like made the rebellion an actual entity in the plot because yeah. they probably would have been the one shuffling them around from place to place. Yeah. Or even being... not even that of just like them just getting like interacting with the rebellion briefly, getting a way to communicate with them later on. So then you have a payoff of that interaction when then she calls for help and you're like, oh, we've met these characters that now we have to call in instead of, like, you rescued one and now you get to call these ones that you kind of know but not really. Instead of Deus Aunt Machina, we get, like, yeah. actual characters they introduced early on in the plot yeah. that have a payoff at the end. Yeah. Like, that was a whole other thing. You just have a lot more journey. You just needed more journey to, to build... Like, journey that had good character relationships. Street lights. No, not that kind of journey. Not that kind of journey, no. And no. That's, that's really, for me, what I think they should have been doing is just keep them on the run, keep the hunt a much more active, thrilling part of this movie. I never, they kept saying that they're being hunted, and it never felt like they were being hunted. It never felt that way. No, like, they drop it, and you're like, oh, like well, it's hunting them. And then you forget about it. And then it ends up being some of the worst CG I've seen in my entire life, which took away from... It was it was like the third eye. So there's a third eye on uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And that's what it felt like. And that's what it felt like. Ugh. Like a really weird... Like it, it looks completely out of place. Doesn't look natural. Doesn't look like it should be there. I, I mean, it's the third eye. But like it just didn't feel like it fit with everything that was going on. That they... Already had happened. We're talking about Modok, the floating head baby. Yeah, the floating head baby. Which they made, I don't know if it's canon or not, I'm not a super deep Marvel fan, the villain from the first movie, which yeah, again no, is... He not, he's not supposed to be that. Yeah, which again was a, a terrible missed opportunity if you want to talk about yeah. character growth, because you have 
You want to? No, no, no. Continue. You have um. Oh my gosh, what's the daughter's name again? Cassie. Cassie referenced the fact that a man in a bee suit broke into a room when she was six years old, and like, yeah, that could be traumatizing. He was shooting laser beams. He was giant. You're scared of monsters at that age. You had an actual monster under your bed, like. It would have been more interesting if she had actual fears or repercussions and needed to come over this obstacle so that when she fights him and beats him, it actually means something. Because mm-hmm. when she fights him and beats him in this, it just it felt cheap. It was just like, oh, you just randomly having only just learned how to properly punch using an Ant-Man suit took down this horrific murder weapon that has been striking fear into the hearts of an entire civilization. Yeah. It's like, oh, like... Apparently, the people in the quantum realm are just completely and totally incompetent despite all of the crazy weapons and guns. Because, like, you just needed to throw a good right hook. Yeah. And, and I really felt like you, you have a great actor playing the Modak guy. I saw him, I first saw him in the FX series The Strain, which is like a zombie vampire type of franchise or show. And he is, I really liked him in that. Um, and I thought he was a really great villain in your first Ant-Man. And then here, he's just, like... He feels cheap. No. He doesn't feel cheap as much as he just feels like a middle school... Like he's Saturday a, morning cartoon he's villain. A, he's a grown-ass man. Yeah. He's a grown-ass man. And you're telling me that he can't make his own decisions and decide, like, what he wants to be in life? No. Like, he can be confused and not really know what his next step's gonna be. But, like, don't tell me for a second he can't figure that out. Like, it, like you're, you're really relegating the thought process to Cassie to think for him. And that just kind of annoys me. Just in the same way that you're relegating all, like, the, the, the saving to hope. Yeah. In that regard. You're which just, she did nothing in the entire film except yeah. save Scott. Yeah, which you're just like, um... Okay, I guess, like, Scott never learned anything from being with the other Avengers, like, taking on Thanos. Like, I felt like Scott has not learned how to be better. He can still be goofy, but just be a better, um... I mean, he's just the useless Avenger. I and, mean, like, but that, that, that's been but the trope, he, but that's been the trope the entire time, is that he's the useless Avenger, and there hasn't been no growth. It's but just, it just feels weird to me, because every other Avenger character has some type of growth. Even the villains have some type of growth in how they go about doing things. Or their their character changes in a certain way, so they're either more trusting, they can be more dependable. Like, And for me, I'm just like, is he just supposed to be the better father? Because I still don't even, feel that, because he's, he's always trying hard to yeah. be a good father. And so to me, that doesn't ring There's, true in this one I, I mean even between him and Hope it was just kind of like yeah we're going steady things are great and it's like okay and there wasn't even any kind of play on their relationship during the entire movie again Hope just was along for the ride and was used to like solve problems that the writers wrote themselves into they are like crap okay this is gonna happen we're gonna get this really cool scene but what are we gonna do next oh Hope sweeps down and saves him because they arrived right, right on time and it's like mm-hmm. I don't it just happens over and over and over and it's like well, what's what's what, the point what of Scott and like Hope's Why not actually doing? doing any of the actual work she's just yeah. showing up when she needs to and it's like so her character is just like essentially floats around until she's written in Scott's character exists until he fails 
and then the daughter's character is just there. Yeah. The grandparents are just there. Yeah. And it's like it I I one of the things I said in the rehearsals, I feel like the grandparents might have been like written in to do a certain number of movies and they were just like, "Ah, we'll just get them both out of the way now and finish your guys' contracts." Cuz that's what it felt like. Yeah. Uh the grandfather did nothing during the plot except find the ants at the end that mm-hmm. saved the day. The ants at the end was just like a complete and total cheap way to solve the problems and beat Kang. Yeah. There was no build up to it. It was like, ooh, look at my ant I farm. I mean, you, so it, smart. it was supposed to be a payoff of them like yeah, that the, ant farm being like really technologically advanced and then the MacGuffin of it was having them travel centuries and building everything. Millennia. Millennia and like they live 10,000 years in a day. Creating an advanced civilization and then, then ending up finding uh, Hank and then them and helping them out. And you're just like, uh, what? Yeah, and like, I I feel like the ants always save the day in Ant-Man. I think that's the point of Ant-Man, isn't I, it? Yeah, but then again, just more of him being the useless Avenger. It's like you're actually just saved by a bunch of bugs like, that most I, of us I kill would, in a raid. I wish he would have, because he's a heist guy. He should be, like, they should play to his strength of planning, and they never, they didn't do that they, in the movie. They write him like an idiot. I'm like, if he's, if he's a thief and he's can steal things, let him be a thief. Yeah, wasn't he like a jewel things. thief? Like, he was like a fancy Yeah, thief. he was a thief. That's why he was under house arrest. Yeah, and it, it's like, it's like he, you, they're afraid to, I don't even know. I mean, I honestly think this one, this movie was like very politically charged. Yeah, at the yeah, end of the day yeah. up until it including socialism is great look at the ants and uh everything else and it just feels like they're like not focusing on a script anymore as much as they are checking I, boxes yeah like idea boxes like ooh the, the lady saves the day yeah because she's just there and does nothing else for the plot and is just the strong female lead that just saves the day because you can't think of anything else for her to be other than the strong businesswoman titan of industry who saves the guy constantly yeah. because she has no other drives or aspirations in her life than to just be there when you guys forget how to write a plot. Yeah. Um, and like there was, I never felt like there was any, like there were so many things where they could have made the relationships and the characters meaningful. But I feel yeah. like I knew nothing just, about any of them at this point. Yeah, no, this this movie like fell flat and just like developing anyone or growing anyone, and you kind of you you kind of started it in the first like ten fifteen minutes while it was still on Earth, and you're like, oh, like they have this. There's the the business. Yep. Then they're using like the their science to like solve like the hunger problem, which I thought was interesting because the population doubled. Well, so they, like, have a, they have a food, they have a legit food crisis that yeah. they're trying to solve, and I thought that was a great way, of kind of like addressing that subtle issue. Because when you're thinking about it, your population has doubled. How are you doing this? How, how are you solving that home, that housing crisis with the homeless because the population has doubled? Well, so that and, was my problem. And they didn't tie it back into the actual stuff that had happened in the Marvel universe. And, and I wish, kind of just like, I just wish they didn't. I know it's Quantumania was the whole part of it, but I wish they just didn't go there because the issues they brought up in that first fifteen minutes are Way so more much more interesting yep. in just to develop their family. But they solved it though. They they solved the problems, and that's why her company was doing so well. She fixed everything. Well, I'm sure they would have other things that they would have to like work out as far as okay, how does this actually work? 
like how do we get this everywhere that it needs to be like logistically and i feel like that would have been where scott would be able to come in and say like hey i know how to like get things places or get things out of places like i've been a thief like that's like if countries are being a dictatorship maybe somebody is stealing bits of prim particles because they need them to get their ship back up and running again and that's how we get introduced to kang or, or here's my other thought, you know, since we just saw Wakanda Forever and people were stealing <laughs> vibranium, uh, maybe we just have Scotland <coughs> steal vibranium from Wakanda and have more tension. <laughs> that would be amazing! I just thought that would, like, maybe they really need vibranium for something for the company. And, like, they can't get it anywhere else. And Wakanda's being, like, douche about it, like, hoarding resources instead of, like, America like, sharing all of our resources. Man, that'd be, that'd be so, really fun. That'd be Wakanda, that'd be them being, like, man, if we had vibranium, we could solve world hunger. <laughs> and then Wakanda being, No, like, that's literally, no. that's literally it, though. That's, so, I was watching a thing on the, the internet about, a, like, a dissect of, like, the first Black Panther to the second Black Panther. And the second Black Panther reverses everything that Chadwick was, or, that the... Black T'Challa. Pan, T'Challa was trying to do yes. uh, in the first movie. They roll back all of their opening up. Yep, they, they isolate, they isolate again. And they're not trying to share vibranium with everyone, which was the original kind of like intent to open your resources to your neighbors and help develop uh, Well, it gets even worse, world. right? Because now the world thinks that they found the vibranium outside of Wakanda so they can go, ha, and then they should've, kill them. Should have just sent Ant-Man instead of the French soldiers. That's all I'm saying. He would have done it. That would have been fun. He was probably busy writing his book, but I'm just saying, Ant-Man would have done it. That would have been really fun, actually. That would that itself would have been a much more interesting movie than both of these movies combined. Marvel, just I'm just telling you. It, and you just smash these two movies together, cut out all of the garbage from each of them, which leaves you with just the main characters, and then give me that movie. Give me Suri chasing... Ant-Man? Scott. Cut out the pink, like... Mega bots thing from the yes. the other yes. movie, and then like it's just Wakanda hunting Scott because he's stealing vibranium. This gets fun. Also, also you have Cassie who's like really smart um, and develops stuff that can go into the quantum realm. You have that Riri Williams person. Yeah, you uh, have Suri. Uh, no, 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 the the other the yeah, 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 yeah. You have the the, the uh, bat that, megabots. So who found vibranium? But yet the government isn't trying to hunt Cassie Lang. Why? I'm confused. Because let's circle back to that. Yeah, like why doesn't Cassie Lang have a job? Because like Marvel isn't thinking, and they're just like every child in the universe is a genius. Peter Parker, genius. Uh, like it really like it makes everyone, uh, it makes Tony Stark cheap less. He's like oh he's, he's not like, special. He's anymore. like everyone. Yeah, and that's just how it's getting felt right now. It's like, everyone's a, a brilliant scientist. Hey, it's like socialism. When everyone's rich, Hulk, no Professor one Hulk. Yeah. You're like, ev- like why is everyone a... Everyone's a scientist. I get like, why? And then everyone's super strong. Like, Ant-Man can take bullets in his normal suit without anything's happening. He can just not die until he gets kicked in the head. And then all Herxon. of the Ant-Man and Wasp Herxon. armor is like, invincible... And you don't need suits when you're walking around the quantum realm anymore. And you just you just can breathe underwater forever unless you're what's her name. And uh yeah. I think you're getting confused with Avatar and the No, no, I'm talking with the Queen she drowned. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Totally forgot. 
the yeah. character's name. Yeah. Just but like, you just, you just, and again, I can suspend disbelief. I can live in your universe for a little bit, but when your universe is inconsistent, it's painful. Play by your rules or don't make rules. Well, they don't, they, they just, they just don't have rules anymore. They just kind of come up with plots and then throw them at us. Like, just give me, give me, like, give me a Marvel movie give that is just me. like, Okay, the first Iron Man was a movie about a company in which one side was doing business with a terrorist organization and he wanted to kill his business partner so he could keep doing business with the terrorist organization. And again, every Marvel movie that we've had in Phase 4 is an existential threat. Give me a movie that's just Scott stealing vibranium. That's why I think Spider-Man was so good was because they just wanted to kill Spider-Man. That was it. Yeah. They didn't want to do anything else. They kind of turned existential at the end with the whole, like, multiverse trap thing going on. But, like, on. your main driving point of your villains yeah, was, was not to destroy the world. Spider-Man. They just wanted to kill Spider-Man. Uh, and that, to me, is the hallmark of a great, you know, movie when you can just have these bare motives where it's... Out of all you're, the movies where they needed to think small, Ant-Man should have been the one. Yeah, they. I think they just tried to do too much, fit too much in here, too many characters, too much trying to go for grand, but that's not what. You know, Ant Man doesn't play to that strength. I mean, they they just had such a. I mean, we had the whole really great actor, really terrible perform not performances, but writing. I don't really think the performances were that bad for no, the, the actors. No, the performances weren't that bad, but they just, just how they meshed together wasn't yeah. good. It's just like uh, here's some and that's words, where I think them. like your writing and directing comes into play because you can mesh like when Ant when just Ant-Man and Kang were together that felt realistic and when just Janet and Kang were together that felt good but then other times when Janet and Kang were together it didn't feel good it didn't feel like that was natural like old Janet didn't feel good with Kang yeah and then um, when uh yeah, I think that was just it. I think that was, like, the interactions that kind of just took you out of it. Or when he was giving his, um, like, let's get out of here. Like, taking them out of the... Multiverse. The multiverse. It's or like, okay, quantum, why quantum did it... Realm. Yeah, the quantum... Why did it take so long to get out? Like, I'm confused. Like, this is... Like, this is supposed to be really powerful. Like, shouldn't this be, like... And they're gone, and uh, everyone's left to wonder what has happened. And you leave at a cliffhanger, and that's where Kang... You know, you can... Do your, uh, the, what is it, the next Kang movie, that's the next Avengers movie, because that's what it is, so yeah. Cool, yeah, lots of Kangs. Lots of Kangs, Kangs all so the way Kang. down. Oh yeah, your end credit scene, ugh, guys, did, like, they picked the right actor to play Kang because of how many different versions of Kang they are wanting. Yes, 100%. And oh my gosh, like. Great. You don't really need to stay for the final end credit scene if you don't want to. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, yeah. Well, mm, he was like, "Oh, did we beat him?" No, no, no. Oh. That was right before. What was the? That was it. There's only no, 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 no. There was a uh, Loki season two. Oh, it's, it's basically Loki Loki season two trailer where it's like, oh, old timey uh, Kang, Kang is inventing time travel in like the night eighteenth uh, century. Yep. But yeah. Only the first post credit scene really matters. Lots of Kangs. Kangs all the way down. Kang. Kangs. What's uh, like him acting? Kang. It's like the buzz meme. Kangs. Kangs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's I mean his his acting, I mean go back to devotion. Like oh it's my just gosh. His, 
You can't get a better. You can't get a better actor. This man is going to be wasted in the Marvel universe, unfortunately. That's it's true. It's really true. But the fact you know an actor is really good when he can play multiple characters of himself in the same movie. Like I think of like Charlie Chaplin in The Great Dictator, where he plays like the Jew and um, Hitler. Yep. And you go back and forth. Like uh, who else is really good with that? Um, like a, uh, like a common thing. What is it? Uh, da, 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 Mrs. Doubtfire's actor passed uh, at the. Oh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. He can like he's able to do that type of thing, um, and, and you have really good actors that can like play two or more characters in a movie, and it, it feels fine. Well, like you can just act. Like he very clearly in the, the final credits scene showed that like, I can. Pers- like take a character and act that character's part yeah. even if they're the same character with the same goals but just with different mannerisms yeah i can do it yeah and like that to me is like I and yet have them all it's the it's a master thing that he does is like they're all similar but yet so unique that part and of it is just, the costume work as well and you're just like wow well even just like how they're talking and yeah. The, the way they express themselves and their little mannerisms. Just saying, I saw a Viking King and I am very excited. You did? Yeah, he was what? like, it was like one of the ones that got warped in. He like came down and he had like the big like woolly cloak. Yo. I'm like, that's, that's going to be a fun gang. They're all going to be fun gangs. They're all going to be fun. There's, there's going to be a lot of fun with that. that but also like going. so many wasted gangs that we know is going to happen. I mean, we've they established that they're not that hard to kill. So like, like I guess that's true. If Ant-Man can take down one, like... Yeah, I mean, that was my other problem with this. I think I said this before. You have this guy talking about how he forgets how many Avengers he killed and jokes. is like, oh, well, you're the one with the hammer, right? It's like, dude, if you're the kind of person who can kill Thor, Ant-Man doesn't stand a chance. I don't care how many Ant-Man you have, none of them stand a chance. Yeah. Like, Ant-Man, I'm sorry, you just get big and you get small. And like I, then you do magic. I lift things up. I put them down. Yeah, and it's like it's a cool power. It's like the Hulk. It makes you really good at the punchy punch. But like when it comes to dealing with magical flying things, you got to use your brain. But there was none of that in this movie. It was yeah. just like punchy punch, and then I punched harder, but I didn't, and then I lost, and then hope saved me. Yeah, much sad. It was, I think hope is pretty much the the summation of what this movie hoped would happen to its script. They were like, we're going to write this script, and then hope will save us in the end. Hope will save us in the end. Hope this will is, always save us This is like end. a massive inside joke, because in our D&D campaign, there's a little dagger named Hope that keeps coming up. Currently stolen. It's little Ownership. Like oh, no. It's mine. But my, like my hope, kids gave it to me. Hope comes up, and, and it saves people. And like that's just not what happened to this script, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. But... Um, I think, is that it for this movie? Yeah, like, that's it for this movie. Uh, you know, go see... Instead of watching this movie, go see Paddington 1. Go see yes. Paddington 2. Watch Devotion again. Watch Devotion um, again. Watch Paddington's. Watch, I watched uh, Paddington watch 1 Lovecraft, Paddington. Lovecraft Country with Jonathan Majors instead if you're into horror, you know. If you're not... If you don't want to watch... I gotta it, watch Lovecraft Country. Is that on HBO? Yeah. All right, I gotta watch Feel good. Um, but, you know, just watch anything else but this until it's free. Until that's it's free. Saying. But... Until then, we hope you enjoyed this little session of ours, and we will see you guys next time in the next time.